We want to continue worshiping this morning through the reading of God's Word, and you're going to see the Scripture passage there on your screen this morning. And while you're turning there in your Bible so that we can dig into God's Word together, I want to make you aware of a very specific word that is going to be very important for us this morning, and it's the word contentment. The word contentment, or to be content. And what this word means is that you might be satisfied, you might be fully content and satisfied with something that's right in front of you in a way that you are not longing and desiring for something else to come along and fulfill you or to satisfy you. The word contentment means to be fully satisfied, to enjoy and be full in a way that you do not long for anything else to come along and fill you up and satisfy you. Now, one of the best ways to illustrate this is that um, we are, as created beings, comprised of both body and soul. And one of the ways that our body or our flesh uh, pursues contentment is that we desire that next thing to satisfy us, to fill us, to make us content. It happens all the time. Uh, with the weather this weekend, I was reminded that a few months ago, uh, I, as many of you know, I was in Ireland as part of sabbatical, and while I was there, I went out hiking one day, uh, and as I went out, it was sunny, the weather was warm, uh, but on the western coast of the island of Ireland, the weather can change in a moment's notice, not unlike Nashville, four seasons in one week. If you hang around here long enough, that'll happen for you. But the weather changed so quickly that the wind started blowing, rain started coming down, and the temperature plummeted to the point where I had to put on jacket and scarf and toboggan in a matter of hours. And so I was cold. I had been outside for four or five hours. I had been hiking. I was tired. I made my way back into the city where I had been staying, and I made my way to a restaurant on one of the cobblestone streets of Galway, which is on the western coast. And I walked into this restaurant, and I said to the man who seated me, I said, what do you recommend? And he said, you're a tourist, aren't you? I said, I don't know what gave that away, but I absolutely am, and I want you to recommend. I don't know why we do that. What are your taste buds like? Now, suggest that to me so I can eat it, but I went for it. And I said, what do you recommend? And he said, listen, on a day like today, it's cold, it's wet, it's windy, and I, it's true. And I had been tired and longing for something to put in my belly. And he said, I'm going to highly recommend that you have our Irish stew. You cannot come to Ireland and not have Irish stew. And it is comprised of potatoes and carrots and lamb. And you may be a foodie, you may not. I am totally not. I do not post a lot of my meals, but this was it. It was so satisfying and fulfilling. It wasn't too much. You ever had a meal like that? It's not too much, but it's just enough. It was warm, warmed my body, made me feel happy. I'm in Ireland having Irish stew. Look at me, a tourist. Here I have. I've arrived. I am full. I'm satisfied. And as I literally pushed the plate back, I thought I could eat more, but I don't need to eat more. I'm satisfied. I could order something else that I can only try here, but I don't need the next thing to come along to make this experience complete. Remember, as created beings with both body and soul, often our pursuit of contentment, especially in our flesh, will make itself known in the things that we desire, in the things that we pursue. And it is possible to be content in moments like this, to be satisfied in a way where we don't need anything else to enjoy the moment. But the great news about Christmas, the reality of Advent, is that Jesus has come to promise our souls contentment so that not only our body and our flesh can experience 
what contentment is, but that our entire being can experience what it means to be content, not lacking anything, not longing for the next experience to come along and fulfill us. And that's exactly what God promised us through his follower, Paul, who wrote to the church in Colossae. And we're going to read this passage as he is speaking to the church at Avenue South. So would you stand with me in honor of God's word this morning? As we read from Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Here's what we're going to read. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself. Whether things in heaven or on earth, by making peace through his blood that was shed on the cross. Let's reread those two verses. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Christ, and through Christ to reconcile everything to himself, whether things that are on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood which was shed on the cross. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we do pray that the women and the men who are in this room and that all of the people that are part of our congregation would find total and complete contentment in you. Lord Jesus, we still may have desires, we still may have longings, but we pray that we would be fully satisfied in you, content in a way where we will not feel that we are lacking for something to fulfill and satisfy us. And we pray we would discover that truth from your word today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at Christmas time, we are mindful of the tradition of giving and receiving gifts. And I don't know if you have begun that pursuit. If you have not, there are about two weeks and one day until Christmas morning. If you have not made that mad dash to get something for everyone on your list, the time is running out. But we have that tradition in our culture of giving and receiving gifts, and that appeals to our flesh, our desire to receive and enjoy and be contented by something. And we're immersed in a free market economy, an economy that produces goods so that consumers can purchase and hopefully enjoy. And the economy that we are immersed in needs consumers to purchase things in order to grow and to maintain its pace. And we're constantly marketed to, especially during the holidays. We're told that there's an item, a gift, an experience, something that we have not enjoyed yet, that if we have that one thing, it will fill up everything that's lacking or missing in our lives. You know, you can be sitting in front of the television, you can be scrolling through social media, and this week, Hawaiian-themed sports shirts popped up on my Instagram feed. And the ad told me, Aaron, your life is not fully complete until you buy this $59 Hawaiian shirt with sports logos on it. And I thought to myself, that's it? That's it? I woke up this morning knowing there was something lacking, but praise God, I found what was missing. And it comes to us in different ways, but the message is this. It shines a light on the dissatisfaction in our lives. There's something missing. You lack something. And if you have this thing, then you will be what? You'll be satisfied. You will be content. You know, the messages that we hear and see are often emotional appeals. They're not rational appeals. 
They appeal to our emotions more than our rational thinking. Um, one of the ways I thought about that this week is um, when I go to the store to pick out deodorant, um, I'm often mindful of the commercials that I see on the TV. Now listen, it is a tactical resource. You put said item on so that you don't pit out in a meeting or cause your friends to run away from you. Maybe I'm the only one who's thought that. It doesn't sound awesome and enjoyable. I got a lot of other ways I'd like to spend $4.99. But the commercial tells me, you put this on and you are a man. I, I use Old Spice. And one of the reasons I use Old Spice is because my grandfather would put on Old Spice in the morning. I could smell it. And even in the commercial for Old Spice, I can't even put the commercials up here in a screen grab because they show a man without his shirt on and he's ripped and got abs. He's like, put this under your arm and you too will look like this guy. Like rationally, I know that's not true. Rationally, like that's not what the product does. But the appeal is to my emotions. And one of my favorite things is, like, I, I don't buy two liters of Coke much. We don't have that in our home, but I can walk by a two liter of Coke, and Santa is drinking a bottle of Coke on the wrapping, and I'm a sucker for packaging. And even if I walk by the checkout at the convenience store or the grocery store, and there is a Coke bottle with my name on it, what a brilliant but simple marketing strategy. I don't need that flavored sugar water. That's the rational thought. The emotional appeal is, it's got my name on it. I'm special because I have this. And if Santa drinks Coke, then I want to drink Coke. These messages appeal not, not so much to our rational thinking, but to our emotions. And, and one of the reasons that Jesus said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. One of the reasons he said your mind is because often what, what we see and what we feel will mislead us or lie to us. We don't need to respond to every impulse that we have. We need, to, we need to engage the Lord with our mind. We need to think through things. But these messages appeal to our emotions. And, and one of the things that our flesh, our body craves is more, more of that next thing, more. We are searching for contentment. And as many people have often said, the flesh, the body only knows. Your flesh only knows one word, and it's more, 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 more. Amy and I were, were mortified two years ago. When we were at a family Christmas gathering, and, and the gifts kept coming for our daughter. It, it was just, she, she was about four or five, and, and she was getting all these princess toys, and we have two boys, and it had been G.I. Joe and Star Wars, and the family was excited about buying girly items and, and baby dolls, and, and it just kept coming, and she was ripping through them, and she went through about six gifts, and then she looked at us and said, where's the next one? Like, she threw them to the side and said, where's the next one? And we were like, ah! Like, don't say that in front of these people. They have bestowed upon you and us generous resources and gifts, and she plowed through it. Now, I know that we may not be the only family in the room or individuals in the room, adults, that, like, you can get the kids everything, and they'll play with it for, like, 24 hours. And then it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? You and I know this intuitively because the, the thing that our flesh only knows is more, more, more. We we long for contentment to be fully satisfied, but our predicament is this. Our predicament as humans is that there's nothing in this world that can provide true contentment. There's nothing in this world that can provide true contentment. And what I mean by true is like lasting, satisfying, that like I am good with what's in front of me, literally, or my life this season. There's nothing in this world that can provide lasting contentment. And hear me say, like after that meal, I was content for a few hours. And then my body started telling me, you need to look for dinner. Okay, so maybe it's, it's, it's what we eat, it's what we consume. 
It might even be a relationship. You and I are pursuing relationships in life. We were created um, to pursue that. At the core of what it means to be human is that we were created for relationships. And maybe you've been pursuing a relationship with a significant other, and you found it. And, and you're like, is this it? Is this all there is to it? Is there more of this thing? Or is there someone else that needs to come along to fill up what's lacking? And our predicament is that there's nothing in this world that can provide true and lasting contentment, being fully satisfied, needing nothing else to come along. And so I, I think an important question that we should all wrestle with is, is what do you look for for contentment? And, and my question to you is this, like fill in the blank. If I just had... And we could ask this of the children this morning. What, what's that Christmas gift? If you just had this, all would be right with the world. And I would ask you, if you just had fill in the blank, I want you to mentally fill it in the blank right now. If I just had what, my life would be fulfilled. My life would be content. My life would be satisfied. And I'm going to suggest to you that even if God in his generosity provided that item, that thing, that experience, after a while, you and I would long for the next thing to satisfy us. And that's why these two verses, verses 19 and 20, are so important for us, especially at this time of year. Especially at this time of year. I wish we could understand this and live this way all 12 months of the year. But look at what it says here in verse 19. God was pleased... You might want to circle that word. When I'm up here, I can see that many of you have pens and you have journals. Are you writing the margins of your paper? And you will not get in trouble with God for that. Like, write down what he stirs up in your heart as the preacher is talking to you. Kelsey mentioned she felt like the, the preacher was reading her mail. Sometimes God, he convicts, he encourages, he inspires. You need to circle that word pleased. That word means content. That word means content, that God was pleased. He was content. He was totally satisfied. And here is the wonderful thing about God that is so different than us. The wonderful thing about God that is so different than us is he is the only uncreated being. There was never a time that God was not. He has always existed. God is the only uncreated being, and so he's the only one who isn't dependent on something else to come along and compliment him. God is not dependent on something else to come along and make him feel satisfied. The Bible tells us that God is entirely self-sufficient. And you may have heard me, this is how biblical doctrine fleshes itself out in this church. You may have heard me pray, and I pray, like, it, like in, a, in an offertory moment. God, you do not need us. You do not need these resources. Like, he doesn't. But we offer them to you because we're humbled that you would want to partner with us. We give them to you in gratitude. You don't need anything. Who are we that you should need anything from us? The Bible tells us that God in and of himself is totally complete, fulfilled, satisfied, and content. God is never lacking the next thing to come along to make him content. And even in this passage, what does he say? Look at verse 19. Why was he content? And why is he content right now? What we're celebrating and what we're holding up and valuing during Advent. He was able to reconcile broken humanity to himself. Verse 20. God is so pleased and content that he reconciled a broken, lost, and searching world to himself. And that's what the Bible tells us, that as beautiful and wonderful and as well-intended as we are, we are flawed, we are broken, we are jaded by sin and by death itself. Ronnie alluded to that. 
And the Bible tells us that all God has ever wanted is a people to be in relationship with. And even after sin in the Garden of Eden that brought about those consequences in our lives, God was pleased to say, I still am going to redeem what was lost in the garden. God was content that he was able to reconcile humanity to himself. But not only that, in verse 20, he provided Jesus as the means to reconcile humanity to himself. Reconciliation means bringing together two parties that are estranged or are at odds with one another. God is so content right now, this Sunday morning, he is so pleased that he was able to offer reconciliation to humanity and that he was able to do it through Jesus. God is so pleased and content with Jesus. Have you read scripture? He's like, look at my son, look at my son, look at my son. I am so satisfied in my son. I am so content in my son. This is my son in whom I love. It's like department of redundancy department. Like it's just on and on and on. I'm so content. I'm so pleased. I'm so satisfied in him. He was content that he was able to provide Jesus as that means to forgive our sin. And what is Christmas all about? Verse 19. Oftentimes we go to Luke. We go to the birth narratives in the gospels. Like right here, nativity action happening in Colossians chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all of himself dwell in Jesus, the incarnation, God in the flesh. If you have a nativity in your house, in your dorm room, bust out. Just shock people. Hey, we're going to read Colossians 1 about the birth narrative. You can do that. It's right here. He was pleased to pour himself into the person of Christ to make atonement for sin and to redeem everybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus. You and I, we do have hope. We have found love. We have found the contentment that God offers because of what God has done through the person of Jesus. And that's why Jesus is so important. Listen, through relationship with Jesus, we have access to the treasure trove that God owns. Like through relationship with Jesus, that's why we talk about faith in Jesus. When Matthew baptized Kelsey, he, he, he respectfully told of how important her upbringing was and her faith tradition and how wonderful that was because it helped bring her to a point of leaning into the things of God. But there was a moment for Kelsey, he used this expression, where she said, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I do not know him personally. And when she, when she placed her faith in Jesus, if you're everything, and this is, this is my story, this may be yours, it's not exactly hers, but I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus, if you're who you say you are, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. Like, I'm, I'm actually going to do what you say to do with, with my life, my relationships, my career. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out in faith. And if you're wrong, I'm in a mess. But I'm, I'm, I'm going in. And through relationship with Christ, we have access to God. We have access to everything that God has. And if God is totally complete and satisfied and content, guess what you and I have access to when we meet Jesus? We have access to God's contentment. We find, it, it's, it's possible, hang with me here. You and I in this life can find contentment, something that satisfies you and fulfills you. You still may have longings and desires, but you don't need them to be answered in order to be content, in order to feel well, in order to feel whole. We can find contentment in God's contentment. I don't know if, if, if you have experienced that. You find contentment when someone else is content. Um, every fall, um, we are invited by Amy's parents to the beach. We go to the beach, and there's usually a moment where, like, we can find some sanity and, like, things like the, the kids are not digging holes that go, like, through the core of the earth. And, like, we're able to sit down, and I snap this picture, 
And this was a moment of contentment for me. All is right. The wind died down. I'm not burning like I toast in the sun. And so the wind died down, the sun died down, and it's like right at the end when the sun is setting, and all was right, all was content, and therefore I was content. Throw in the Titans and the football, and that only added to the joy, okay? Like totally content because everything else is content. Do you ever find your contentment in another person's contentment? Um, This is a picture of my dog, Jabba. This is a picture of my dog, Jabba, okay? Golden doodle, 75 pounds, okay? Like when he runs towards me, when he is chewing on a bone, when he is content, I don't know what it is, but like I can sit back with a cup of coffee and watch him and I'm good. I feel as if I'm exercising or doing something important when he is. That is so lazy and I do not advise that, but I'm like, this is wonderful. Like he's so content. That makes me happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. I will experience it this year at Christmas. Amy and I have decided, you know, we, we, we buy gifts and we, and, and we jump into that consumer-driven mentality in this world. And hear me, I love giving and receiving. I'm not preaching against it. But one of the things we decided this year is, like, there are some other things we want to do in the house and some, some goals financially down the road. So, like, we're just, we're not really going to exchange a whole bunch of gifts this year. Maybe not if at all. Is that okay? Can I say it out loud? Because, <laughs> like, every year she's like, let's, let's don't exchange. And then I buy one just in case she was, like, you know, bluffing. Like, don't exchange. Then she's going to be like, hey. And so I buy one. And then she's like, why did you buy me one? And I'm like, I shouldn't have bought one. Like, I'm a moron. She said, don't buy it. <laughs> Guys, you can't win. But I digress, okay? Like, <sighs> Okay. You might want to have that spare gift hanging out somewhere, okay? <laughs> but we have said we're, we're not going to buy. And, and I, re- I really, like when I, was, when I was in my early 20s and even in my early 30s, I was like, like I will be disappointed if I don't unwrap something on Christmas Day. I'll smile, but I'm going to pout inside, okay? Um, I really am at the point, I think we are, we're like, we're, I think we're good if we don't. Like we, we really lack for nothing. If we're honest... We may not have, right? We may not have everything we want, but the Lord has never failed to give us exactly what we need, and it's created a greater dependency on him. And so when the kids open up, we, we're getting fired up about surprising them with a few things. They're not in here, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but like, I, I really will on the morning of the 25th. If they're good, I'm good. When they're content, anybody been there? When they're content, I'm good. I don't need anything. Now, why am I giving you these little illustrating the obvious? It is possible to find contentment in someone else's contentment. And, and to be, come on, and to be, we talk back to each other at the house, okay? So, like, if you want to talk back, you can. I love it. One of the things that I'm encouraged about is this. You can find contentment in someone else's contentment. And if that's true, how much greater and better is God than any other human and any other thing ever created? You and I can find our contentment in God's contentment. He is fully content, fully satisfied, fully complete, fully whole, lacking nothing. And when you meet God through faith in Jesus, you have access to his perfect, unending, satisfying contentment. And you can have it. And I wrote, I wrote a note in, in the margin of my Bible because I want to be very tactful and very specific this morning with something. As a pastor... It's not unusual for me to, to make hospital visits, especially at Christmas. We have, we have members that are dealing with health illnesses. Okay? I, I realize what I'm saying. For, for some of us, I don't have the time in a, in a small sermon on Sunday morning to, to, to dissect how this applies to all of us. I'm not acting like you and I should just be content and happy. We, we've got God and everything's fine. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. There really are some of us who are praying for relationship things to happen. Maybe for a relationship with, with us and our parents to be restored. For that to be normal. 
or maybe with a sibling, or you're praying something for your child, and it's grieving you. And Christmas morning may come and go, and it doesn't get answered in the way you or I would want. I'm not acting like that doesn't exist, or following Jesus, or finding God through faith in Jesus brings bliss. Jesus never promised us that. But the Apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4. Whether in plenty or in want, which means this, he had good seasons and he had tough seasons. Whether in plenty or in want, no matter what circumstance, I have, I've discovered how to be content. And it's through Christ. It's through Jesus, who is the exact representation of God and holds the keys to God's contentment. That it is possible, even if he never answers all of my prayers or satisfies all of my fleshly longings, it is possible to find contentment and satisfaction and not live in a manner that I need that next thing to come along and satisfy me. And that's what Jesus offers that so many of us want and so few of us on this life, on this planet and in this life have. It's contentment, a lasting quality of contentment that you and I can't find anywhere else. That's why we celebrate Jesus at Christmas and look forward to Advent. That's why we make much of Jesus all 52 Sundays in this place. Because he offers us contentment that can't be found anywhere else. And so my encouragement to you this morning is this. If you don't have access to true, lasting contentment, and you still have a list of things you'd love to see happen in your life, but you want to know that you can be made whole and find satisfaction and contentment that you have been lacking, it is provided in the person of Jesus Christ. And I absolutely loved what our worship minister said just a minute ago. I pray that if you do not know Jesus today, today would be the day where you trust him. And that you say, if you're really real and you offer that contentment, would you unleash it in my life? I'm going to try to follow you and I'm, I'm going to lean in, but would you manifest your contentment in my life? And so here's what I'm going to encourage you to pray. If you're in this room and you do not know Jesus, ask him for the contentment that his father has that only he can provide. I pray that you would find it for the first time today. And if you're a follower of Jesus and everything's really good in life, or everything's really difficult and really hard, I'm going to encourage you, not with new information, but to lean back into what you already know. That contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment in this life can be found in the person of Jesus Christ in a way that it can't be found anywhere else. And that is our testimony as Christians, followers of Christ. We do not have it all figured out. We don't, certainly I don't, we don't have it all together. But we have found God's contentment in the person of Jesus, and that is enough. And for that craving that says more, it's been fully satisfied in the person of Jesus. So here's what I want to encourage us to do. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?